Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Welcome this morning and thank you so much for those of you who find time to be in service. This dream was supposed to be a good time to sleep, but you see find time to come. So thank you so much. And uh, the Lord is always watching and he's always faithful as well to those who are faithful because that's what he said. I will show myself faithful to those who are faithful. And I will show myself crooked to those who are crooked. And that's the God we serve. Praise God. So thank you for finding time to be in service. Uh, I'm sure you're praying as you should pray. Uh, we were here on Friday. Some of you were not around. But if there is anything you must get yourself engaging so seriously, it's to pray. You must learn to pray. Amen. Very important and very vital. Hallelujah. Okay, so we are many t- going to do something with her idea. We're going to uh, all right, praise the Lord. We're going to continue with our. Uh, a study on Revelation 21. That's where we left off the other time. And then the last time I shared with you, I was talking about the tribe of Benjamin, the gate of Benjamin. And today we're going to deal with the gate of Dan. Uh, this is supposed to be the seventh gate we're dealing with so far, all the past seven of this study that we're looking into. So let's look at Revelation 21 again, very quickly. Verse 1 says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And the verse 2 says, And I, John, saw the holy city in New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, a door for her husband, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and they will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Now go to verse 10. Verse 10 says, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This Jerusalem is coming from God. You're not going to Jerusalem, which is up. It's coming from God. Hallelujah. And I have built you to understand that this heavenly Jerusalem is actually the church. Nothing else. It's not something you're going to enter tomorrow when you die. It is simply the church of the living God according to Hebrews chapter 12. Okay, so verse 11 says, And having the glory of God, and her light was as like unto a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. 
This is speaking of perfection. Now, I'm not, I'm not dealing with all of this. What we're dealing with is much more down there, which is verse number 12, for instance. And he said, And he had a great wall, and he had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates. And at the twelve gates, twelve angels, and the names written therein, which are the names of the twelve tribe of the children of Israel. Praise the Lord. Okay, go to Ezekiel 48 and verse 31. Ezekiel 48 verse 31. And the Bible says, And the gates of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel. Three gates, not what? One gate of Reuben, one gate of Judah, one gate of Levi, and at the east side, 4,503 gates. I mean, yes, 4,503 gates. And one gate of Joseph, one gate of Benjamin, and one gate of who? Of them. That's the gate we want to deal with today. Now, you have to understand what we're talking about. Gate is a means of entering into a realm. So, you can use a gate to enter a city, use a gate to enter into a house, whatever it is. You have to understand that there's a big difference between seeing, entering, and possessing. For instance, Jesus said, you must be born again to enter into the city. Is that okay? Or to see. Except you're born again, you cannot see. There is a seeing, there is an entering, and there is a possessing. You got to understand this. Now, until you enter, you can possess. The children of Israel possess their land, their own portion of land, only when they enter into the promised land. Is that okay? Moses saw the promised land, but did not enter. You got to understand that. Praise the Lord. So we are talking about entering the city. Now, in entering the city, we're dealing with the characteristics that each of these names describes. And we have to possess those characteristics to be, for us to be able to enter into the city. Is that okay? So, each of these names speaks out, I mean, spells out something for us that we need to experience, we need to possess, and that we need to work with. Okay, for instance now, we're talking about the gate of Dan. Now Dan, the word Dan actually means a judge. And this is very important for you to understand. A judge. That is the meaning of the word Dan. Now Dan was the fifth son of Jacob. No, his mother was Belia or Beha, richest maid. You can look at Genesis chapter 30 verse number 6. You'll be able to see that. We'll find out it was one of the, the fifth son of Jacob that was given back to by the maid of Rachel. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Rachel said, God had judged me and had also heard my voice. And had given me a son, therefore called she his name Dan. Judge. This is very, very prophetic as we're going to find much later. Hallelujah. Now, in terms of the relationship with other tribes, his position and extent were described for us in Joshua chapter 19, verse 47 and 48. If you want to read that. Joshua 47. And 48, it tells us the excellence of this land. Praise the living God. The book of Joshua chapter 19 verse 47. And the Bible says, And the coast of the children of Dan went out too little for them. I want you to know that. 
Therefore the children of Dan went up to fight against Lashon, and took it, and smote it with the edge of the sword, and possessed it, and dwelt therein, and called Lashon Dan, after the name of Dan their father. Now verse 48 says this, This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families, these cities were with the villages. Now, I want you to get that. The portion they got initially was very small, but they said, man, we're going to go to build, stay in this place. So they went to fight and they conquered this. So, one of the very spirits that you can find in relation to the name of Dan is a warrior spirit. Is that okay? Ability to go conquer and to possess what belongs to you. And that is also very, very vital. But we're going to speak a little bit more on that. Now, the territory of Dan extended from the west of the of that of Ephraim and Benjamin to the sea. It was a small territory, but was very fertile. That's one thing that good about this again. It speaks of the prosperity of the believer. And then it included in it, among others, the cities of Leda, Ekron, and Joppa, which form its northern boundary. I'm just giving you the historical background. Uh, but notwithstanding its smallness, it has eminent natural advantages. And that's again why you don't look down on the church. You don't look down on yourself. No matter your size, there are attributes, there are qualities, there are deposits that God really has in your life. Your size is not the issue. It is what you carry that matters. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Okay. So we find that, like I said, on the north and east west, it was completely embraced by his two brothers, the tribe of Ephraim and Benjamin, while on the south and south, I mean southeast and to the south, it was joined by Judah and was thus surrounded by three most powerful states of the whole confederacy of the tribe of Israel. It was a rich and fertile district, like I said before. But one thing is that the Amorites were also around that area. And so they forced them out into the mountain as they long for a wider space. No, they were being compressed, let me put it that way, by the Amorites or the tribes. Remember, when Israel got to the promised land, you had to fight to get the portion that belongs to you. Do you understand that? Very good. And this is very, very important. So I want you to know that. And there are some things that the Lord has really given to you or spoken to you about. There are some promises God has given to you but it's going to take you some spiritual warfare. Now, I'm not talking about you killing people. But there are some energy you're going to exert in possessing by faith what God has given to you. So Dan has the promise, and I'm going to make you see one thing very specific about but Dan that the Lord impressed in my heart. You see, Dan, as we're going to see much later, was the last of the tribe to possess the land. I guess a reason for that. And I'm also going to make see how that you ought to know something very specific. That every one of us have a land to possess. Every one of us. That is why you don't contend with people. That is why you don't struggle with anybody. I mean your neighbor. Every one of us. All the 12 tribes have a portion in the promised land. You also have a portion in God's house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. So we find that. What they did was to send some five um, spies from two of their towns. They went to the north and searched for 
in the land of Jordan and brought back favorable reports regarding the region. They look at the place and they say, man, this region is spread good. So, what was the report they brought When they came back and they said the land was good, normally like the sign of the spies, the next thing they said is, arise. That's what they said. They said, be not slothful to go and to possess the land. For it's a place where there is no want of anything that is on the earth. That you find in the book of Judges chapter 18 verse 10. If you want to read that. Praise the Lord. So, we find that according to the book of Joshua 19 verse 47, they sent out 600 Danites and went to war, taking with them their wives and their children. And this is what I love about the whole thing. They took with them their wife and their children, marched to the foot of Hermon, and fought against Lysian, and took it from the Sidonians, and decided to dwell there, and change the name of that conquered town to Dan. That's what we read before in Joshua 19 verse 47. But the most interesting thing that I find here is that they went with their children and their wives. Think about that. People are going to war, but they didn't leave behind anybody. That means they have faith they are going to conquer. They have faith they are going to possess. They have faith that's already a dwelling place for them. They took their wife and their children along with them. I mean, think about that. Can you picture that? You're going to war and you're carrying your family along with you? What is that supposed to mean to us? It simply means that you can't go serving the Lord without your family coming along with you. Do you understand what I mean? In the same thing Joshua we say, I am a household who serve the Lord. When Moses was to leave Egypt, the same thing happened. Pharaoh was saying, well, you can go and leave your cattles and leave this and leave that. And Moses said, no, we don't even know yet what God wants us to serve him with when we get to the wilderness. So we're taking along with us, even our cattles and our children. God wants all of you to be instrument of service to God. You, your family, and whatever thing you have. Praise the Lord. So they were going to possess, they were going to war, but they took their wife, they took their children, everybody along with them. I was just picturing when I was studying this, how they were going to fight with their children by their side. Think about that. Huh? You're going to a territory that you don't know. You're going to a territory that I've never seen before. That is why it is faith. The Bible made us understand Abraham was just moving because he had faith. He was looking for a city. would be that maker. It's God. Never knowing where he was going. That is faith. Hallelujah. They went and they conquered. So, they ensured that your whole family are with you in the move of the Spirit as you walk on to glory. Take your family along with you. Don't leave anything behind. Don't let the devil take your child. Don't let the devil take your husband. Don't let the devil take your family along with you. Hallelujah. And I remember something sometime. Let me just say this. Sometimes you see, you see, in a family, let me, let me get this right for you. In a family, the spiritual person there is a leader. Whether the person is a woman or not. The man that is spiritual is a leader. The spiritual man in a family is the head of the family. You may not understand what I'm saying now. Praise the living God. Are you with me? Very good. 
Because it is you that connects to God. It is you that can bring anything that needs to be done in that home. It's you that will do it. Now let me show you something. 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, let's look at verse 14. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 14. Very quickly, let me show you something. Let me show you how powerful what I'm talking about is all about. Oh. Now, look at this. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Now I want you to get this. As for your children unclean, but now are they holy? Watch that. The unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Now, that means if, if the woman is a believer and the man is not a believer, the man is sanctified because of the woman. Can, can you get what I'm talking about? So who has the power here? The believer. Did you get that? Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? And that is why, sorry to say, I, I believe, I believe, some that people, they get me wrong. I believe that you can be set free by simply believing into the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe you don't need that which men call deliverance to be set free. If the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband, and Jesus is your husband, and you are an unbeliever, what happens to you? You are sanctified. Simple principle. Is it simple? <laughs> the one you connect to is one that sanctifies you. So if your husband is spiritual, and you are connected to your husband, what happens? You are sanctified. That's what the Bible says. Because there is a power in the one that believes. It's so simple. And Jesus is our husband. So why will you be unsanctified? Why will you be unclean? Why do you think you need anything else? And the Bible says even their children are holy. What have the children got to do? Nothing. Just because they have a holy father. They are also holy. That's what the Bible says. You following me? Alright. So what am I trying to say? Take your family along. You are a woman and your husband is not a believer, it makes no difference. Just because you are connected, that man is sanctified. That's what the Bible says. Your children are sanctified. That's what the Bible says. Nothing can take your children from you. Can I hear an amen to that? Hallelujah. Now, there was something wrong with this tribe. Which is what you must guide against. Now, I know. I'll try to instruct us from the natural to the spiritual. Darkness to light. Huh? First there was darkness and God said, let there be light. Then there was that which is first natural, then spiritual. Is that okay? Now, the negative part of the tribe of Dan is that they got polluted just like Sodom and Gomorrah. They got into idolatry. By the time they settled there, they got themselves corrupted among the people that they settled with. That is what you must avoid as much as possible. In this journey that we are in, you can allow people get you corrupted. And that is why you must be careful the kind of message you listen to. For evil communication corrupt good manners. Hallelujah. 
The gospel corrupted by the heading around them to which they were able to come out from. It became a degenerate tribe without the notable trace at the end of the day. If you're going to check the book, you find that. Dan is not mentioned in Revelation chapter 7. I believe to think that is one of the major reasons. Among the tribe that's mentioned, Dan is not mentioned. If you check the holy book, Dan is not mentioned in the genealogy of Israel. Why? The God has them corrupted. The mess of the holy seed. Hallelujah. Are we together? Okay. Now, again, like I said, the word Dan means judge. God has judged me. That's what the mother said. Remember that? Risha. Okay? Because the Hebrew word is Danin, which means God has judged me. Reflecting the blessing that the father plays on him. Can we look at Genesis 49 verse 16? Very interesting. Very interesting. Genesis 49. And let's look at verse 16. Here is Jacob blessing the children. And this is what he says. Then shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. And I reflected on the name Dan, George. Can you get that? So when, when Jacob was praying, when Jacob was blessing them, he said, Dan shall judge his people. Hallelujah. Now, are you surprised that Samson was a judge and that he came from the tribe of John? Samson was a judge in Israel and was from the tribe of Dan. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. Now let's get down to the very interesting aspect of this particular tribe. Like as we are looking at. Two things we are going to consider that are so peculiar to this tribe. Let's quickly look at Joshua 19, 40 to 48. That's a long reading, but let's just take something there very quickly. Joshua. Okay. The Bible says... Alright, 1940. And the seventh Lord came out for the tribe of the children of Dan according to their families. Verse 41 says, And the cause of their inheritance was Zorah and Estorah and Ishmael. Go ahead. And then Shabim and Ajalon and Jatla mm-hmm. and Elon and Timata and Ekron. Go ahead. And Etkeld and Gibbertin and Balatel, whatever all those crazy names there. And Jehud. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's go to 46. 46. Okay, all these are city city you are looking at there. Majakor, Merakon with the border before Jaffa, and then verse 47. And the cause of the children of Dan went out too little for them. Therefore, the children of Dan went up to fight against Shema and took it and smote it with the edge of the sword and possessed it and dwelt therein and called Lashon Dan after the name of their father. Right? Verse 48. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Dan according to their family. These cities with what? Their villages. Now, this is the point. They were the last people to possess their own portion in the promised land. And that speaks volume to us. 
Now, we all have come to the promised land. Everybody is getting a portion. But they were not struggling to be the first to get. They had theirs, but they were the last to get their own portion. Does that speak anything to you? About the spirit of Dan in entering the city? I'll show you a scripture. Philippians 2, verse number 3. King James. Philippians 2, verse number 3. From King James. Hallelujah. Dan speaks of not just being a judge, but the spirit of love. And selflessness. Did you get that? Now, watch this. They all got to the promised land. Now, portions were apportioned to eight persons. Now, everybody was possessed. Everybody was taking. Everybody was grabbing. Whatever the case may be. But they were there. And I'm sure they were also assisting other tribes to fight to make sure they have their portion. They were not in a hurry to be the force to possess. They got their land, but they were the last people to get land at the promised land. What of Philippians 2 tells you? Let nothing be done through strife of glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem all the better than themselves. Did you understand what I said? I mean, <laughs> how do you compare yourself? What value do you place on your neighbor? In the household of it. That's what the Bible is telling us. That's the spirit of Dan. When your neighbor, I mean, look at this. Let each esteem all that better than what? Themselves. Have you come to this level of thinking? Hallelujah. Are you with me? You know, have you seen little children? This is the way to be. Look at verse 4. If I say something there. Look at verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of what? Of others. This is the example that Jesus gave to us. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Now, you see. Have you seen, if you go to some families, not just some families, almost every family where you have children, and they place things on, on the floor, maybe you just tell them to, to go choose. Do you know how they, re, they respond to that? They want to get the best. Am I correct? They want to get the best. Even the younger ones want to take the bigger one. They don't think about the other person. But look at the life of Abraham. Look at the land. Lot was supposed to be, I mean, a younger person. But he said, choose. Is that okay? Choose first. Consider first the other person. That's a difficult thing to do, I believe. But you see, we also say with God, nothing is impossible. Do you, do you really live this way? I mean, think about that. Sometimes even at home, husband and wife, you want the best. And so women want to sleep at the best position of the bed. They always want the best. No, that's not the right spirit. Consider your neighbor first. That's the spirit of that. 
He allowed everybody to have their own portion of land. They were the last to have their portion of land. Esteeming your neighbor more highly than yourself. Let's look at this from message translation. Philippians 2. I'm going to read from verse 1. Philippians 2 from verse 1 to 5. Look at it. Don't. Philippians yeah, 2, 1 to 5. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Do me a favor. Hallelujah. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be dispirited friends. I want you to think about that. Have you gotten anything from Christ? Be dispirited friends. Love each other. Do me a favor. Hallelujah. I mean, tell me, what is the level of your love for your brother in the house? Think about it. How deep spirited is your love for your brother and the household of faith. Think about it. Is that okay? Are you with me? Look at the next thing, verse 3. Don't push your way to the front. I wish I could get an amen to that. <laughs> I mean, do you like this? Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. I help others get ahead. Can I hear an amen? That is the life of the spirit of Dan. If you want to possess and enter into the city of God, let others get ahead of you. Dan, side behind us, amen. Get a land. Judah, get your land. Levi, get your land. Benjamin, get your land. No problem. Just keep getting. Get your land. Finally, they came in and they possessed their own land. They fulfill scriptures. Now the spirit of Dan. How do you like this? And how many of you are thinking about that? Praise God. I mean, can you really, can you really come to the place of saying, well, I don't mind. If, if he or she gets the best, I don't mind. Can you come to that place? But that is what I'm talking about. Where you don't really mind who is going ahead. Where it doesn't bother you, but it gives you joy that somebody is doing better than you are doing. It's a virtue of the spirit of Dan. Selfless spirit. Hallelujah. Help others to get ahead. Not just they are going, you helping them to get ahead. No, I thought you should be the one to try to go ahead. No. No, there's always this parable about a crab. You know the crab spirit? Crab. Put a crab in a basin or wherever basket. If one is climbing, the other one is pulling them down. Crab doesn't allow their neighbor to go ahead of them. Don't be a crab. Have you seen that before? Try the experiment. Get about some quantity of crabs and put them in a place together. Anyone going up, the other one going to put them down. That's a crab spirit. It's not Christ spirit. Crab spirit. Are you getting this? 
Do you feel happy? Do you rejoice when your sister, your brother is going ahead, is doing something, is, is, is gaining ground? Do you feel happy about it? Look at the next thing, verse 4. Don't be upset with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend what? A helping hand. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. This is a difficult thing. I believe that a tribe of Dan, as much as possible, will help the remaining other tribe to get their possession. I'm talking about you entering the city and the kind of character you are supposed to be exhibiting to be able to enter into the city to possess your own possession. Forget yourself long enough to lend what? A happy hand. For people to advance, for people to move forward as much as possible. Forget yourself. Hallelujah. We are too self-conscious. We are too self-possessing. Huh? It shouldn't be. That's not the spirit of Christ. Go to verse 5. Verse 5 said, Think of yourself the way Christ thought of himself. How did Christ think of himself? He humbled himself. He took the place of a servant. All for your sake. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Think the way Christ thought of himself. The Bible said he did not exalt himself. He though being God, taught in a robbery to be equal with God. But the Bible says he humbled himself and took on the form of his servants. Or for your sake and my sake. Hallelujah. Are we still here? You following me? I'm dealing with the spirit of Dan. The gate of Dan that enables you to enter into the city. Okay. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 24. This is a very hard thing. I remember preaching a message on this some years back. When the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, do you think it's, it's, very, it's very easy? No, we can quote it. <laughs> it's easy to quote, but think about it. Do you truly love your neighbor as you love yourself? Do you know how you pamper yourself? You wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair, put on cream, put on spray on your body. Ladies, oh man, you sit by the mirror, do all the painting, lipstick, ear stick, eye stick. All the stick from lip to ear to eye. Remember that? Only yourself. You sit dealing with yourself. But the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I'm not even sure when you get out of the room, you look at your husband to see if, if he's cute enough. No. You look at the mirror and see, you know, all the sticks and all of those things. But love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what the Bible says. It's a difficult thing. Because we have not been able to embrace the spirit of them as it should be. Is that okay? Do you, do you sometimes really think about it? Do you sometimes even look at your wife in the morning and say, man, come on, this thing is not good on you. No. You're looking at your suit, you're looking at, and sometimes say, honey, do you think this is good enough? But we have not even find out if what she's on is good enough. 
itself. You follow what I'm saying? <laughs> now, let's move on a little bit. First Corinthians 10 verse 24. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's words. First Corinthians 10 24. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Did you get it there? Let no man seek what? His own. <laughs> it's like Paul is, is saying something that he didn't, he didn't mean to say. Maybe he made a mistake here. Do you think this is, is practicable? <laughs> Glory to God. Can we get it from the message translation? Look at that. We want to live well, but our foremost effort should be to help others live well. Oh my God. That is a hard thing to do, I believe. But again, I say with God, nothing what? It's impossible. We want to live well. Yes, we want to live well. We want to make money, but let's try to help others to make a living. Hallelujah. Look at verse 33 of the same chapter. 1 Corinthians 10, 33. Praise the Lord. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that may, may be saved. That's the ultimate goal. The profit of many, not my own profit. Listen. We're dealing with the spirit of Dan. Not my own profit, but the profit of many that they might be saved. Have you come to that in your life? You're really thinking about, oh my goodness. I mean, sometimes when you need them to pray, what do you pray about? Oh, my business. Oh, my family. Huh? Come on. Are you with me? Yes, my business, my family. Oh, oh, me, oh, me, 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 just me. All the time, 24 hours of the day, it's about you. No. You don't take time, sit down one day and kneel down. You're praying for your neighbor, you're praying for your sister in the church. You see somebody in the church that is not doing well, and you kneel in and say, God, I pray thee. No, you know what the Bible says? He said, He that watered others was to have himself watered. Come on. Are you there with me? I've said it before. It is what you sow that you reap. If you sow praying for people, people will pray for you. Because it is what you sow that you reap. Now, have you noticed people, gardeners, gardeners that wake up in the morning and take the hose and they are watering the plants. Have you, have you seen that? No, take that from the scripture. He that water others will have himself also watered. Now, if you're watering the plant, there is no way you water the plant that you are not wet. Come on, are you with me? There is no way. Take the horse in the morning, take a bucket in the morning, you're watering the plant, and then you are not going to be wet? No. So what you invest in people is what you are indirectly investing in yourself. Uh, the spirit of Dan. I believe God will raise some Danites in this house. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Okay, I want you to just get that. 
And the next thing I want you to pick out is the spirit of a judge. Because Dan means a judge. Is that okay? The two things I want you to get from this. The two qualities that takes you in, into the city. Until you possess the spirit of love, you cannot truly function as a judge. Because you will just be killing people. Is that okay? You should have heard about judge first, but no. The foundation for you to be the judge is that you have the right spirit. Because if you don't have the right spirit, you being the judge, you'll be sentencing people to hell, sending them to, I mean, you'll just be killing people. So the first thing that you need to have to be a judge is the spirit of love, the spirit of compassion, the spirit of selflessness. Okay, let's look at the scripture again. Judge. Like I said, this actually speaks about the name or the blessing that Jacob gave them. And he said, Dan shall judge his people. Genesis 40, 49 verse 16, we read that before. And again we say Samson was a judge in Israel. And the word judge actually means crisis. You know, which means a judge. And uh, it's from the word crino which actually means to distinguish. Judge is not necessarily the people that sentence people to death or to hang into the gallows. The judge is the man that has ability to distinguish between wrong and right. Is that okay? Okay, to decide mentally or judicially by implication to try. You can also condemn, to punish, to avenge, to conclude. Whatever the case may be. Now I want to show you something which is very powerful. First Corinthians 6 verse number 1. But people that can come to this place that God has ordained for his house are the people that possesses the Danite spirit. So First Corinthians 6 verse number 1. Then any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints... Verse 2, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the saints shall judge, shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Verse number 3, know ye not that he shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Verse 4 says, if then, you have judgment of things pertaining to this life. Serve them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. Oh my God. And then verse 5 says, Speak, I speak to your shame. Is this so that there is not a wise man among you? Think about it. The only reason why brothers will go to law court is because there is no wise man in the church. This is the spirit of the Danites. So what is missing in the house today is the Danite spirit. That we can settle minor disputes in the church. We, you see, sometimes you see brethren, you know, they go the way they go because we don't have people that can simply speak sense into them. I mean, I speak to your shame. 
that you don't have people who can simply correct some of the things that are not right between brothers. And so you go to the outside as you go. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You see some sisters, they go gossip their sisters and their brothers to other people who are not members of the church. You don't know what you're doing. You don't have the right spirit. Oh, it might just see what they did to me. Oh, see what that sister did to me. See what? You just go gossiping your sisters or your brothers to other people who are not members of the church. You love the Danai spirit. Are you following me? Is this too hard? No. I'm saying you need the spirit to enter into the city of the living God. To be able to possess your own possession. You, you can't afford to be going now talking about your brother, talking about your sister to unbelievers. Because I speak to your shame. Is there no wise man among you? That all that you can ever hear is your sister gossiping and brothers talking. And I mean, what's, what's wrong with you? Glory to God. I speak to your ship. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No. Not one that shall be able to jump between his brethren. You see, verse 6 says, But brother, go ahead to law with brother and that before the unbelievers. I mean, it's a shame. Little matter that can be settled. In the church, between brothers, we end up going out to meet people who are not part of you. That's not the Dana spirit. That is one of the reasons why you can truly enter into the city to possess what belongs to you. Hallelujah. Three days ago, I was having a conversation. Two days ago, conversation with somebody in the U.S. And he said, Apostle David, I respect you and I love you. I was going through a crisis. I was in a church right here in the U.S. Nobody cared about me. But you all the way in Africa, I know what you did. That I almost walked out of the church because nobody cared about me and my mother. We are almost becoming homeless. But God helped us. He said, look, I have something in my mind for you. Because the first time I saw this person, I said, I see you going back to your country. I don't know why and I don't know how. She is from Jamaica. As I see you going back to Jamaica, I see you doing business in Jamaica. I don't know, but this is what the Spirit is ministering to me. That was last year. So two days ago, she was telling me, say, you know what? My mother has a building very close to the sea. Somebody is staying in that building. And the person is not giving us reports, but I made up my mind. This is what you saw. It is my intention to turn that building to a holiday resort. And when the building comes through, you're going to have a place there to do your gospel work. Hallelujah. One of these days, I'll be heading to Jamaica. And I'll be there without paying rent. Listen, you've got to take care of people. Do you understand? You've got to take care of people. You've got to invest in people's life. He said, that is what is in my mind. 
And it's going to come to be. So because I love your message and I love your spirit. You have a house there. When you go to Jamaica. Then I say, how do I get visa to Jamaica? I say, as long as you come to the U.S., you can go to Jamaica with U.S. visa. Hmm? One day I'm going to be telling you I'm in Jamaica. Praise God. Now listen, take care of people. Do you understand what I'm talking about? When people are going through pressure, instead of gossiping, talking, whatever, take care of people. That is the spirit of the Danites. Now, and the Bible says, No, ye know, I shall judge the world. <laughs> Not tomorrow, it's even now. Now, this is a prophecy of Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, verse 21. Come with me. Daniel 7, verse 21. This is what the Bible says. I beheld, Daniel chapter 7, verse 21, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. I don't want to have time to interpret all the horns there. Until the ancients of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. When the ancients of days came, judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed what? The kingdom. This is what Paul was writing about. Are you following me? Now, if you look at verse 22, Asians of days came, the title actually applied to the Father. You find out in Daniel 7 verse 31, I mean verse 13. It applies to the Father. But here, it's being referred to, or Christ is being referred to. Why? Because the ancient of days, the Bible made us to understand, from the book of Isaiah. You remember what he said in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6? There is song which I be called the everlasting word, Father. That's what he's saying. God doesn't come. It is Christ that comes. When the ancients of this came, it has not God coming, that is Christ coming. Are you following what I'm talking about? He said, when the ancients of this come, the judgment shall be given to who? The people of the Most High. Wisdom comes to you when Christ comes to your life. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says Christ is the wisdom of God. When the ancients of this come, in other words, you begin to have the wisdom of the ancients. In other words, you have mature wisdom. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So judgment will give it to the saints, which includes the rule in the kingdom of God at the end of the day. And now you can begin to rule. You can begin to rule. You have the power to rule. You are in position to rule. If you have the right spirit. Huh? No, the first place to start ruling is your spirit. That's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. He that ruleth his spirit is like he that taketh what? A city. That's the first place. So some of us who are prone to unnecessary and quick-tempered anger, you have not yet imbibed the spirit of the Danites. Because Danite rule. And the first place to begin to rule where? Your spirit. He that ruleth his spirit is like he that taketh a city. And when the ancients of this come to you, wisdom begins to explode in your life. Praise the living God. Are you following what I'm saying here? Okay. I'll read two scriptures and we'll be done for today. 
But this is going to be powerful. Is anybody following me? You understand what I'm talking about? I want you transformed. I want you equipped. I want you to come to the place where you can truly possess what belongs to you. It's so vitally important. You know, when I was, when I was to leave for the U.S., that was last trip, the person I was to preach for says, he sent me an email and said, David, I have nothing for you, not even an offering. I'm not giving you back your ticket. Nothing for you. That was like a temptation. And I talked to Max and Max, I said, no, if you don't go, it doesn't look right. You got to go. But I'm telling you, this is one of the most prosperous trips I've ever made to the U.S. I told you the equipment that this man gave to me is worth a million. Hmm? One of them is what I'm using as I'm using. I'm recording my message. Anywhere I go, he say, I want you to record all your messages anywhere you go. I'm going to pull them on the internet because you have something that the body of Christ needs to hear. You follow what I'm talking about? And I remember when I finished the last message, the first message I preached in the conference, and he just said, whoever has anything for this man, she please come forward. A lady just came with a check booklet, 1,000 US dollars. So I'm giving to you. So I love your message. And I want you next year to come to Florida to preach so that people can hear you. There is something in you that people need to hear. Hallelujah. What am I trying to make you understand? Take care of people. Help people. Stand your ground. Your doors will open and no man can shut. Are you following me? Alright, let's look at this. Judges. Revelation 1 verse 5. Look at what he says. Revelation 1 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and had made us what? Kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What did the blood do? He made us prince and kings. What does kings do? They rule. Can you get that? Hey, did you get what I've said now? What about priests? What do they do? They offer knowledge. They bring men to God. They serve for sacrifice. In other words, until you imbibe the spirit of a priest, you cannot be a king. Hallelujah. Now look at the next thing. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Let me read this for you so that you can understand. Revelation 5, verse 9. And this is what it says. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, and to open the seas thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by, by the blood out of every kindred, and tongues, and people, and nations, and made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall do what? Reign on the earth. And verse 11 says, And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them 
was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. You know what that means? Uncountable. The redeemed ones are uncountable people. When you talk about elders, oh man, you're talking about the 24 elders that have to do with the 12 tribe of Israel, two from each tribe, coming to the throne, coming to the tabernacle with Moses. That's what the 24 elders means. It doesn't mean there are some people up there that are 24 elders buying down before the throne. We have come to the throne, and right it is from the throne that you receive power and dominion. He that sits upon the throne judges the nations. Do you understand that? Somebody say angels. <laughs> it's simple. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. The Bible says we've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, with numerous company of angels, with the spirit of just men made perfect. Is that okay? Now you get this right. In the Old Testament, angels were all around when God was giving out the law. Are you there with me? Okay, and that includes people now, but in the New Testament, we are the ones that are around God and the laws are being praised in our heart. We're living by the law of the Spirit of Christ. And so what do we judge the nations with? With the law of the Spirit of Christ, which is life. We give life to people. Praise the living God. Are you with me? We give life to people. We represent God on the face of the earth. We give justice to men that are oppressed. We as priests before God, we are able to stand in a place between the living and the dead. We give life to people. We bring that to a place of reconciliation. Let me show you something and then I close from today. First Peter 3 verse 18. I would like you to read it from a very simple translation for me. Maybe, living Bible if you will, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. This is the Spirit. Christ suffered for our sins once and for all time. He never sinned, but He died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. Did you get that? The end point or the only reason why Christ have to do whatever thing He did is to bring you back home to who? To God. And that should be your disposition. Getting men back to who? To God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. And look at verse 19. Verse 19 says, So he went and preached to the spirit in prison. Why? He was raised in the spirit. He went to the spirit. Of... Now, which spirit were these that were in prison? Go to First Peter chapter 4, look at verse 6. Okay, one minute, one minute. Maybe you still find it there. Chapter 3. Same chapter 3, look at verse 19, verse 20. Look at verse 20. Maybe you find something there before I come to verse Peter 4. First Peter 3, okay, verse 20. Spirit in prison, define for us those who disobeyed God long ago. When God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat, only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. Did you get the people in prison? Those who never believed the gospel, Jesus went to preach to them because he was a priest to bring men back unto God. God had made up prince our kings. We have to understand our role. 
So when we're talking about judgment, we're not saying, hey, I sentenced you to hell. I sentenced you. I'm going to cause fire to come there. Don't you know I'm a judge? I'm not talking about that. That's not what the Bible is saying. Now go to verse number four. I mean, first Peter chapter four. Look at verse six. But you know those in prison? Have you been able to see that? Those who were in prison that Jesus went to preach to. What did he preach to them? Good news! Why did he have to go and preach the good news to them? Here we go. That is why the good news was preached to those who are not dead. So, although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the spirit. Hallelujah. Good news bring life to people. So that those who never got the good news without in the days of Noah, Jesus went there, preached to them, raised them again, that they might live as God even in the spirit. Born again, if you will. Somebody said, David, what are you preaching? Forget that. Just listen to the scripture. We are prince and kings. Our role is to bring men back unto who? To God. That is the spirit of the Danites. As judges. And we can do that without the spirit of love. That's why you got to love one another. The more you try to love people, the more energy you get. The more you try to love people, the more power you get. Listen to me. Power can only flow when love is flowing. Hallelujah. Come on. Are you following what I'm talking about? You want to do signs and wonders and miracles? It has to be with love. It has to be with compassion. The Bible says Jesus saw the people that were like sheep without shepherd. And he had compassion on them. That's the key. You can't be a priest without love. You can't be a priest without compassion. You can't be a king without being a priest in the first place. This is the only thing. Wherever you find yourself, without the place of work, look at what the Bible says. Help others to be ahead. Don't be struggling to be in the forefront. Don't think people have to get you pushed up to the forefront. The Bible is saying, make sure other people get ahead of you. That's what the Dana did. They you know, the only one that had their own portion last when everybody has gotten theirs. There is life for you. Stand up. I want you to pray. 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 It's important. I want you to pray. Just this morning, I want you to pray. Think about it. What is in your spirit? What is your relationship? What is the kind of love you are expressing? Do you truly have the spirit I'm talking about? I want you to pray. Think about it. You need to possess this spirit. You need to walk in this light. You need to walk in this dimension of life. You need to walk in this spirit. You need to possess the Danite spirit to be able to enter. What is the kind of love that is in your life? Is it flowing? Are you sure? Do you think more about yourself or you think about your neighbor? Do you even expect your neighbor to get ahead of you? Do you think sometimes you can pray for your neighbor to prosper? Do you think if your neighbor is prospering, you are happy that your neighbor is prospering? Think about it. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. It's very vital. Very vital, very vital that you may understand what I'm talking about. 
I'm saying you can possess it, you can enter into the fullness of life. God can begin to show his goodness towards you because of the way you are manifesting your goodness towards one another. I want you to live in law. I want you to live in law. And I'm saying you can enter the city with the spirit. You can, you can, you can. Manda prasakaya. You can, you can. Get out of selfishness. Pray against greed in your life. Destroy the power of greed. Destroy the power of selfishness. Raise the power. Raise the standard against the spirit that wants to keep you bound. Spirit of envy, spirit of jealousy, take authority against it. Break it. Selfishness, break it. Greed, break it. You have the power. God wants you to walk in love. God wants you to live in love. He wants you to live in love. Break it. Reveal love. Manifest love. Manifest joy. Manifest goodness. Don't be struggling to possess. Don't be struggling to possess. Your portion is there. No man can take it from you. Let the others get yours. No problem. Yours is coming. Yours is just by the way. It's just by you. It's around you. Don't be in agitation. You have it already. God has already made a way for you. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be discouraged. Don't be envious. Don't be jealous. Stay with God. Stay with God. Stay with God. Stay with God. In His love. Stay with God. Break every spirit, I say again. Spirit of jealousy. Spirit of envy. Break those powers. That thing that makes you to gossip your brother, your sister outside of the fellowship. Break that spirit. That thing that makes you talk about people instead of talking about Christ. Break that spirit. You can live. There is life in God. I'm talking about the spirit of the Danites. This is the gate of Dan that takes you into the kingdom. That takes you into the kingdom. That takes you into the kingdom. You need help from God this morning? Just lift up your hand. If there's any way you need your help, you need help from the Lord, just lift up your hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Whichever way, whatever way you need this help from, from the Lord, in your spirit, in your life, just lift up your hand, even as I pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for this ones whose hands are lifted up. I pray, mighty and everlasting Father, in every area of their life, where there is weakness, where they need help, I pray help to come from above to you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, let life be released to you. Let life be released to you. Let life be released to you. And every stronghold that is holding you back from manifesting through love, I break it today in the name of Jesus. Let God turn down from above and shatter the power in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I set you free from greed. I set you free from selfishness. I set you free from selfishness. 
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty Father. Let grace flow into your life. Let love come to you. Let love come to you. Let it flow through your spirit. Oh my, let love flow through your spirit. Let it flow through every aspect of your life. Live out the love of God. Let it manifest through your heart. And let it spread abroad from your heart. And let me partake of the love that God has given to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, my dear and everlasting Father. Every sick person here, I pronounce healing upon you. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Receive your healing. Let it flow from the love of God. Who has promised to heal the broken hearted. Receive your healing. In your physical body. In your spirit. Every spirit of discouragement. The spirit of a dove. I see the spirit of a dove. With spirit of mourning. The spirit of a dove the more. I take away the spirit of mourning from your life. In the name of Jesus. That thing that is making you to be sorrowful. I break the power this morning. In the name of Jesus. Joy is coming to you. Rejoicing is coming to you. You will sing praises again. God is doing something new in your life. He's changing your situation. You are going to rejoice again. You are going to laugh again. Morning is gone from your life. The spirit of the morning dove is taken away from your life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty Father. Be magnified, Lord. Be magnified, Father. Be magnified, Father. I speak to someone here this morning. Your relationship with your people is not cordial. But God is going to mend it. God is going to strengthen it 